The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. And you have reached Strike Point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, Webmaster Radio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to Strike Point. Today it's Monday, the 27th of February, and uh, we are live again. I think it's twice in a row. We are really doing well now. <laughs> uh, we've been away for a week on conference in London. Uh, maybe we're going to do a small recap on that. There's some updates on um, Penda, and uh, maybe we're going to talk a little bit about rich snippets. Um, and with me today, as usual, I have my good friend, Jason Duke. Are you with me? I'm with you, my good friend, Mikhail. How are you today? I'm actually very good. I had a bit of a nap this afternoon, so um, I'm as fresh as I can be at this time. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the, the joys of having uh, an afternoon sleep. I'm very envious. Yeah, it's good. It's something that everybody should have now and then. <laughs> so how was your week? Oh, the same, just busy, normal stuff. Pop along seeing you at uh, and a few other of the guys and girls down at SES in London, my hometown, and uh, um, that plus work, work, work. You know what it's like, Mikkel. Yeah, I definitely do. Although last week was not so much about work, but mostly about the conference. I was away from, uh, well, Tuesday to Thursday, so um, I only got a little bit of work done Monday and Friday. So um, all in all, was a was a nice um, alternative week and uh, have you been playing with your chickens this week actually i don't have any chickens at this point um, the last ones we had um, well kind of died out on me so, <laughs> so um, then we we need to fix up the the chicken fence and um, yeah so no i haven't had time to play with my chickens um, except for the dead ones yeah, playing with dead chicken is not really something to be advised. Well, if you if you like if you like being in a kitchen, it's okay. I, yeah, I actually, yeah, fr- fresh dead chickens are okay, but uh, <laughs> uh, old dead chickens aren't so good. No, definitely. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> anyway, I don't think we're going to talk too much about chickens today. <laughs> Although it is an interesting topic for an SEO SAS, show. So. No. Um, as I said, I've been to um, to the SS um, Search Engine Strategies in London, the the yearly event. Actually, it's um, I guess it must be the second oldest search engine strategy uh, search conference. The first one being in held, being held in San Francisco, uh, also on the brand of search engine strategies, and the second one came up in London. I think it was late '99 or early 2000. I remember I was Sounds on that one. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, remember, I was on that one, and it was uh, quite a different type of show. Um, I think there was, I don't know, maybe there was a couple of hundred people there, maybe 150 or something, and only, I think, maybe 20, 30 speakers, something like that, and it was 
as I believe, maybe just one track. I believe, I don't think it was two track yet at that point. It was a lot more, um, it was a lot more cozy. It was a lot more like a small social event. Everybody had time to talk to everybody, basically. And most people went out for dinners afterwards. And uh, now, of course, the conferences are so much bigger and uh, it's it's a lot of people don't know each other so so i mean we it it tends to be much smaller groups and one thing i kind of miss from the old days uh, is that back then most of the conferences were held at the same place where people were staying so the hotel and yes. the conference like the same place so everybody went down to the lobby after the event and everybody was hanging out at the same physical area and that kind of gave it whole uh, the, the whole event a different feel i know it's it's just Things grow. That's what happens. But uh, Mikkel, you do remember. Mikkel, I, I completely agree with you. If there's one thing I could ask, and I wish would happen with every conference and every show that's out there, no matter what the industry is, I wish they could start to uh, uh, do it again, where you have the show at the same place where everyone stays. I know it makes it harder because the shows are going to be smaller. That means there's less money earned. But you know what? That's when you get a winning conference, and you can have more of them then. Um, because, but 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 you've got to have it in the same place. And it's just not the same when they're not. But there are still there are still conferences like that, and um, of course some of the smaller conferences suffer from not being on as high a level, high level as as the bigger conferences. There's, of course, at the bigger conferences, you can attract more prominent speakers, uh, more interesting keynote speakers, and so on. But there are actually even even some of the smaller conferences that have really interesting uh, people on the agenda. Like one of my favorite uh, conferences for, for, for a lot of reasons are the one that I'm going to uh, next week on Iceland uh, called RIMC. Oh. R-I-M-C.is. Uh, I think you can still get tickets for that. You can still get tickets, Mikkel. R-I-M-C.is. It's uh, not only is it a very good conference, it's also a very nice place to go. So, I mean, now that you have an excuse to go there and write it off as an expense, <laughs> you should definitely do that. It's, uh, um, but that have the same kind of feel as the old conferences. I mean, first of all, Reykjavik in, in Iceland is a much smaller place. I mean, it's, it's so, such a small, small community. But also, the, 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 everybody is like hanging out the same place. I don't actually think that the conference and, and the hotel is at the same place, but, but everybody tend to just be around each other all the time. And also, um, the, the organizers up there spend an awful lot of energy on making sure that it's a very social event. So, so everybody actually goes out and do stuff together and they spend the whole next day, you know, going around seeing Iceland and stuff. And it's, it's just, uh, it makes the whole event a lot more social. And at the same time, and that's what, what, what interesting about RIMC is that they actually uh, managed to attract a lot of really good speakers there. Uh, I've been up there for a few years, not to highlight myself, but there's always been been really good speakers. This year we have uh, Bill Hunt and Phantom Masters coming up there with me to do a dark session. It's always interesting. Um, they also have a very interesting speaker that we, we kind of mentioned last time, I think, Eli Pariser, uh, who have a interesting book out called The Filter Bubble. Unfortunately, I haven't read it yet, but he have made some really interesting pr um, presentations. So, so if you search for Eli Pariser, uh, you can find his presentations. We talked a little bit about him last time, I believe, uh, because he's been out with some interesting ideas about the consequences of the increasingly 
uh, targeted web and filtered web that we have now, where where everybody gets their own little version of the web, their own their own filtered version of Facebook and Google and so on, and what the consequences of that is. He's not saying it's good or bad or anything. It's just you know there are consequences to it, and he's he's got he's a, he's a good thinker, <laughs> and he put out some 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 interesting ideas. He's uh, he's uh, gonna keynote a conference this time, and uh, so the whole the whole day is divided into two tracks uh, with social and 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 search. So uh, very very interesting conference to go to and very social so definitely um, that's one I can recommend um, but I've also been to a very interesting conference in Poland and I believe that they're going to have it one more time this year uh, called Search Marketing Day uh, which also actually to my surprise uh, managed to attract a lot of interesting speakers down there last year I was down there with Michael McDonald and Markus Tendler um, and 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 a few other really good speakers and very interesting people um, and it was also a very social event and and some really really cool people who organized it that took so good care of us and and just made it a very pleasurable stay to say the least <laughs> So, um, have you been around for any other conferences? I know you, um, as we just discussed before the show, um, Jason unfortunately did not uh, participate so much in Searching Strategies London. We did, however, have one good evening together, got something to eat and a few drinks. Um, did you um, did you go to any other conferences this year, this year or last year? Are you still with me? Apparently we lost him. We're going to find him uh, once again. Let me see where he is. Okay, it seems that we um, just lost my co-host Jason Duke. That's what happens to um, he's offline. Like yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think it's a good time to take a quick break uh, to present our sponsors, and then we will be back uh, in just a minute or two. So please welcome our sponsors and stay with us. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> it's time for the 2012 SCS Conference and Expo to make its way back to the Big Apple, New York City. SCS New York 2011 makes its way to the New York Hilton March 19th through the 23rd. SCS New York 2011 will feature over 70 sessions, nearly 100 exhibitors, and networking opportunities with thousands of marketing and search engine optimization professionals. SCS New York 2011 will start with a high-profile opening keynote from Google's digital marketing evangelist, Avinash Kaushik. Don't delay. Come to SCS New York 2012, March 19th through the 23rd, inside the New York Hilton. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com. That's searchenginestrategies.com. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. 
Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Hello everyone, it's WebmasterRadio.fm. This is your producer, Brasco, here at large. And unfortunately, just so you know, we have had an extended commercial break because we have been unable to go ahead and bring Jason Duke back on. It's just been tough to get communications going from here back to the UK. So we are still working on it, but in the meantime, we're coming back in now with Mikkel to go ahead and take care of it in a solo effort. Hang on, everyone. More Strike Point coming up. to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point, and as Brasco just pointed out, uh, unfortunately we lost Jason in cyberspace somewhere. <laughs> now I think that he um, he actually uh, had a problem with his internet connection, and that is terrible when you are in the internet business. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the extended commercial break, and uh, I will try and take care of you for a few minutes and see if we can get Jason back again. Anyway, I was just talking about uh, the Searching Strategies Conference and conferences in general, and especially um, how much they changed and how much I like these small conferences, if that is, that could speak us. And definitely I want to highlight RIMC again, R-I-M-C.is. You can still get tickets there. It's so beautiful. So um, go and see Iceland. On this conference uh, in London this time, um, I usually don't get so much time at going to a lot of sessions there. I mean, I've been go, I've been presenting and going to conferences now for I don't know 13 years or something in this business. Uh, so, of course, there are still new ideas being presented. You know, there are always you know it's a creative bunch of people. So. You know there are new ideas and new topics and and new variations of the same um, same topics being discussed. Um, but I tend to spend more time outside the sessions uh, with my colleagues, with new friends and old friends, discussing ideas and what goes on. But I do always, you know, try and go to a few sessions. Um, this time I did go to a session about um, about the business of SEO. 
which is always kind of an interesting session to go to um, because I mean I'm in the business I'm running an agency and uh, it's always interesting to see what other people have uh, what kind of challenges they have and and there was there was a, a, a couple of presentations uh, one was uh, I forgot the name of the guy who did that presentation about how to um, how to how to get employees for your for your agency and and the challenge of trying to get um, get people, he was very much focusing. <coughs> excuse me, very much focusing on on LinkedIn, and he actually showed a few things that I, I haven't used LinkedIn that much. In case you don't have a LinkedIn profile, you should definitely go and get one now. And if you do have one, maybe you should go in and check out if all your all your keywords there and all your 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 quality qualifications in there are set. That is, of course, if you at some point may be looking for a new job, because apparently recruiters are increasingly using um, using LinkedIn to run um, free or paid campaigns to um, to target and narrow down the, the the kind of staff that they need. Uh, it it from what I saw there, it it, it was. A little bit surprising to me how much you can actually do with LinkedIn, and not only just with the free account, but also um, with with the paid uh, version um, of, of the of the what is it called a a pro version or whatever you you pay for some extras there. That was very good. I'm not actually uh, having a big problem uh, getting the employees I want. I'm in a much smaller market here in Denmark, and I found that um, the services uh, that I try to use are not as good as my own network. I've been in this business since the very early days of it, so I pretty much have a very good network in, in, in Denmark, and I found that to be extremely good when when um, when looking for new employees. So, I mean, basically, uh, over the past many years, I built a, a, a substantial subscriber base to my to my newsletter and my blog and, and other on a, online communities locally that, that, um, that I participate in and have made my, my, my name in, and uh, that's Primarily, where I try to uh, find new new employees, and so far I've been 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 lucky enough to find people there. Um, Lisa Mayer, uh, Mayer, who's always a, a interesting woman to to listen to, uh, had a a different presentation on the business of SEO that was more focused on um, on how you how you conduct your business and the and the 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 big issue of making valid proposals to 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 new uh, prospects and uh, of course how to how to follow up and follow through on 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 that um it was a good presentation it wasn't it wasn't so much new ideas i got from that but but rather confirmation of what i'm doing is maybe not so different from others and maybe not so bad which is also something good to get from a from a presentation uh, basically um Lisa Mayers is using a lot of the ideas that I think the first one that put it down on paper was Bill Hunt in his uh, still very good uh, book called Search, in Ma Search Engine Marketing Inc. Um, you can still buy that. It's still a very valid, very good search marketing book found on um, Amazon. Uh, go buy it. Um, he presented an idea in that book of a missed opportunity charts. And basically, missed opportunity charts is an idea where you um, where you take. Um, oh, I see. Like, now Jason is online again, so maybe we can connect him very soon. Um, missed opportunity charts is an idea where you 
look at the value of keywords and then you map it your current um, position with those keywords and between your rankings, your visibility for specific keywords and the likely um, value of those keywords, you can calculate the missed opportunity. And um, so you can map all your keywords out. You can see where you you can check your own rankings. You can, you can see how much traffic and, and the value of that traffic put it all into a big spreadsheet and calculate your missed opportunity. And that seems to be a very uh, solid uh, strategy for convincing your boss or your client or whoever you need to convince of, of spending the right amount of money on, um, on your campaigns. Um, so, do we have Jason back on the line? You do indeed, Mikkel. I'm so sorry about that. My internet decided to drop out completely. In the name of my producer, my co-host, but uh, uh, I am sorry, guys. I am sorry about that. Rascal also think may have been calling me on my mobile or I was on to my ISP. Um, so while I'm trying to speak with them, I think you were trying to call me. So it's been a bit of a nightmare. I do apologise, guys. We're just glad you're back. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You're lumbered with me, whether you want me or not. Great. <laughs> Woo! We're going through all kinds of theories about uh, why you left us, but um, we're just glad you're back again. Uh, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid the truth is more boring than the stories you probably made up. <laughs> it definitely is. So one day I hear the stories. <laughs> I was just talking a little bit on. Um, on um, some of one of the sessions that I went to in London, that, that I kind of found interesting um, about the business of SEO and uh, and two of the two of the big challenges that are, uh, that I guess most agencies of, um, are dealing with over time, how to attract the right kind of staff in your company, and uh, the second one being how you propose. Uh, projects for for, for, for for prospects and, and existing clients or if you're an in-house SEO how you convince your boss to spend the right money on SEO and I mean although you don't work so much in the SEO uh, business but rather in related businesses now I guess you've been been, been having to deal with the same uh, same kind of issues um, in your in your time right yeah, yeah, I guess I have, Mikkel. You see, I've worked agency side in my own business. I've worked client side in, in-house and even more extensively for a long period of time, effectively as a, 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 a consultant, someone who actually is advising for specific problems at the, at the management level. And you know what? I, I came up with a decision in about 2005, maybe 2006, so a few years ago now, and it was when I still had my own company then, uh, um, and it was in the search area. And I, I took a decision. The decision was, if a, if a prospect wanted me to undertake some work with them or to pitch for it, I was not going to do that pitch unless they paid me for it. And I took, the, I took it for, because the research, the work that goes in is extensive. Before you can plan the work, you need to work out what the plan should contain. And I gave the view, I go, if you're not prepared to have some pain in those early days, then you're not the sort of client I really want. What mm. I will do is if you end up working with me, not with someone else, is I'll give you a credit to the cost of that, that, that piece of work. If you decide not to work with me, then, then, then you'll, you'll pay for it. Um, because I know that the work that goes in, 
to effectively do the research to understand the true marketplace in the SERPs, in the geography, in the languages that they're working and hoping to compete in. It's extensive, Mikael. We both know yeah. that. <laughs> and do you know what? My time isn't free. No, that's exactly the same the same strategy that I've been applying in, in, in Denmark. And I think it works well if you are a agency like mine. And, and I know Davis is doing a similar thing, David Naylor, for, for his agency, where you don't have a very big uh, rate of new clients coming in, but where you are basically maintaining a you know a relatively small amount of of long time oh, clients, and and, right. and 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 if if you run that type of agency, of course, well, I mean we still get new clients in you know every every month or six months or something, but most of the clients we have we work for a long time with. And and you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I've been fighting this very much on 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 my local market because if you if you look at uh, normal ad agencies, what may what they most often do is that they actually put a lot of work into pitching clients. They come up with sometimes with complete campaigns. So that's really what they compete against uh, each other with. So they go to to a, 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 a client and, and, and propose this kind of campaign with this kind of graphics, this kind of advertising, this kind of strategy. And they spend an awful lot of, of, of time doing that. And that seems just to be part of, of the ad agency industry. That that's what they do, so so um, working with some of those guys, it's been a little difficult. And working with some of the companies that used to that way of doing things has been a little of a bit of a challenge because they come to me and say, "Oh, but we expect you to do all this uh, this work in advance in order to get the job." And I'm exactly like you, saying, "No, I mean, a very important part of search marketing is." The analysis is coming up with the right strategy, is to understand the market. Only half of the job sometimes is implementing it. So I'm not going to give you half of the value of my time for free. Uh, you have to pay for it. And, and exactly as you say, I'm willing to split it up. So you pay me first to do the, the analysis and the strategy and stuff. And if you don't decide to move on and work with me, fine. You can take whatever you paid for and move on and do it yourself or get someone else to do it. I think it's actually a more honest approach. I think it's more honest. Mikkel, I, I agree it's more honest. And you know what I've also learned is when he said about the old ad agencies and the old ad agency model, um, that's the difference is the ones that show the quality or those that want quantity, so low margin, high quantity worth of clients, those are the guys that are going to offer you that analysis for free. And do you know what? Sometimes it will work, and quite often it will go wrong. And when it goes wrong, those clients, those companies, are the ones that are going to be picking up a phone to guys like you and me. The problem yeah. is, if they weren't prepared to, if we weren't prepared to work with them the first time round. Why on earth would we want to work with them the second time yeah. around? So um, it, it, it's something that the clients, the businesses need to understand as well, is that uh, 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 understanding that the work that goes into an area has to be paid for. And it either gets paid through charging for work down the line that's not undertaken, which builds a surplus in the, in the costs. So therefore, they'd be overcharged down the line to support new clients coming on board uh, uh, yeah. uh, for other clients, <laughs> or, or they pay for it up front. Now, the, 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 decision, the decision is the clients. The challenge, though, in-house is slightly different. Now, Mikkel, you know, back in the yeah. days of 
of, of your music career and 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 Lycos and all of those areas around there. And my, my days with most recently in the, in the poker world, uh, in the online gaming world. Um, uh, we're talking competitive industries. All of those at, at the time, it, it was the big stuff. Um, but the challenge was slightly different. It wasn't about shall we do this. It was about we need to do this. <laughs> we, be- we believe we believe that if we don't, the business may be in trouble. Uh, um, what the hell do we do? So that, that, that's where the challenges come into play. It's not about shall we. They already know they need to. That's why they've hired the likes of me or hired the likes of you and have made that deal. It's then about convincing that they need to go forward. Very few businesses operate like that. Most of them operate that, hey, actually, it's probably a good thing. Let's get someone who can do all of that. But then they forget about the actual costs of undertaking the work, whether those be costs are human in time and resource, whether those costs are external or further internal costs are human content, whether it be written internally, externally, links, however they be acquired, whether it be direct or indirect, there's always a cost there. So, so will that cost be time in people, which costs lots of money? Will it be indirect in cash, potentially? Um, and all of these things need to be judged and decided to whether it's the right way to go forward. Um, what do you think, Mikkel? Is, is, is in-house harder to convince to get the cash, or is it, or is it somewhere that, you know what, oh. if they've already got that search department, they're used to seeing what the results are, they know what the rewards can be, so they'll throw the cash at it. I think what what can be harder in-house is more to do with the position that the people in-house have. A lot of times, I mean, you and I are in a position where we don't have to play along a stupid game with stupid clients. I mean, if, because, I mean, we, 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 there's so much work that, that you and I can get that if a client is too, too stupid to put it bluntly, too stupid to work with us, we can just move on to the next one. Um, but if you if you are in a job position, you're probably less entrepreneurial. <laughs> you know, you, that's why you chose to be in a job instead of being in driving your own business. So if you, if you if you are employed in a in, in a large corporation, a large company, you're probably more uh careful about what you do in order to stay in your job and keep your good salary and support your family whatever you know so so i i tend to see that um in-house people not all of them but but most in-house people are a little more afraid of saying what needs to be said so some of them work in large companies where search is still a relatively small chunk of their advertising budgets and where the fact is that they should probably spend a lot more on search than what they do because they they spend too much on marketing that doesn't drive the kind of results that they get with search. Mika, let these, me play devil's advocate for a moment but, though. Yeah. Let me let me play devil's advocate. Wouldn't you say that the so called brand updates, whatever you want to call it for a moment, over the last few years and the way that the SERPs have been going, because that general marketing to try and build a true brand within an organization. And I don't mean a name, I mean a brand. When you think about vacuum cleaners, I don't vacuum clean my house, I hoover it. Uh, um, if, you, if you want beans in the UK, you get them from Heinz um, and, and so various other companies. You know a brand when you see it. It's very hard to define. Um, don't you think that's a wise use of cash within an organization? 
and that itself can assist in the search area? Yes, uh, if you, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but... They, they some... ignore me and carry on as if I hadn't said anything, Mikhail, because if you don't know what I mean, then uh, I haven't explained it very well, and I apologise for that. No, 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 it's fine. I, it was just there was some noise going on in the, in the last part of it. <laughs> I, I think it may be my dog. It, it could very well be your dog. <laughs> it was some, some strange noise, and it didn't sound like you. No, anyway, I, I, I do think that, that, uh, that branding is, is, a very valid, um, is a very valid part of marketing. Um, I mean, branding to me, I, I mean, I have a very mixed uh, feeling about the whole concept of branding because sometimes I feel branding is just a bad excuse for marketing that doesn't work. I mean, one one, yeah. one very good example was um, uh, with with banner advertising back back in the good old days. You know, banner banner had a response rate of maybe three or five percent, a click rate of three or five percent. Then then the banner ra banner click rate, and then back then it was all about response marketing. So so the more clicks you get, the the more value for the banner marketing you got. So that was it. And then the click rate on banners dropped over the years dramatically and 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 today you you i mean you're lucky if you get a, a half of a percent click rate on on on, on most banners most, most banners are even lower than that and over the time when when the click rate the response rate on banners dropped it was funny for me to see how the salespeople, the banner salespeople, started talking more and more about the branding value of banners so i was like questioning myself so do the do the branding value increase as the click rate decrease? <laughs> Michelle, I, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, that was just a bad excuse for 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 banner not working as well as it used to. So I mean, if if that's what you use branding the branding uh, concept for, then then it's totally stupid. But on the other hand, branding in terms of how well recognized your your brand is how well recognized your product is how liked they are how 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 good a name you have in the business how how the average consumer perceive your your products um, that is a is a very a big value and it's not just a fluffy value it it's got to do with whether consumers choose to click on your link in SERPs or, and, or, or a different, more unknown or less light brand in, in search result. It's got to do with whether uh, it's easy or difficult for you to attract new employees. If you have a very good brand, I mean, uh, if, if, if your company is very liked, then it's much more easy for you to attract new employees. If, if your brand are very well known, it's more likely that journalists are going to use your name in 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 whatever stories about your business uh, it, 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 again you know branding can help you in your marketing but um, if if it's just uh, if it's just a bad excuse for marketing that doesn't work as well as used to um then 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 branding is is, is well just a bad excuse um, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said there, Michael. Um, what what a lot of what a lot of the clients that I I've been working with, I also work with a lot of of large uh, brand clients, and and what a lot of them uh, still don't understand, which is kind of surprising since it's more than seven years ago that the first study on on search and branding came out. Uh, the N, um, the uh, what is it called? Uh, it was Nielsen Net Rating that that did the study uh, about the the. 
the 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 effect that that the good rankings have on your brand. So they started how different brands were perceived. Um, Brands yeah. that had good positioning in search and brands that didn't have good positioning in search, and and the study came out very very clear that that um, that good search result for for your brand and related terms does have a very big impact on on your brand in terms of likeliness and and generally the way that, that people perceive your brand. And what I don't find a lot of of companies even today are realizing that is how much search affect their brand and how much it plays together with other brand activities they have. So, for instance, if they run big, I, I mean, you see that, I see that all the time, they run big TV advertising campaigns and then they don't follow up with search. So, I mean, when you run advertising in TV, people go search for the for the key phrases you Mitchell, use in that advertising. Mitchell, you should not be doing a TV advertising campaign followed by search. You should be doing a search campaign followed by TV advertising. It's search, yeah, sometimes, search. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's the way. But it's also the other way around. I've, I mean, I've seen so many bad examples of companies that run million-dollar uh, TV campaigns where they're launching these new hip uh, key phrases or, or, yeah. or, 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 or new concepts. And then, of course, people go and search for those ideas that they present, and then there's, they're not there. They're totally invisible for those key phrases, and it's really, really stupid because a lot of times those are, are you know, kind of made-up words or made-up uh, phrases that it would be it's so not, easy to rank for. I agree, it, which is actually why I think they should do the search before they do the TV campaign because no one else knows about it at that point, <laughs> and they can own the first whole page or two pages just yeah, for those exactly. made-up phrases. Exactly, and, and and as you say, so it's so easy because if it is made up uh, phrases, nobody nobody is ranking for it anyway. So it's uh, <laughs> it's usually exactly. pretty easy to, to to rank for. But still, a lot of a lot of large companies they they uh, they they don't realize this. So so yeah, definitely there's there's um this. But coming back to 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 the chances of, of of being in house in that situation, I still think that a lot of in house employees are a little more careful about pushing things because on one side they want to tell their management the truth about search, on the other hand they also want to keep their job, uh, and it's kind of a balance. So so that's what that's what I always liked about being a consultant. Because being an outside consultant, I feel it's my obligation, and it's my job, and it's what I enjoy, telling the truth. Even if it hurts, even if some people get offended in the company, you know, it, it, it's, it's my job to be honest. And if they don't like my honesty, you know, they can move on to someone else. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I, I agree, Mika. When someone employs us, they employ us specifically for our honesty in conjunction with our knowledge and potentially wisdom. Um, if they don't like it, they have the, ch the ability and a chance to say, thanks for your time, go away, we will get someone else. Um, uh, um, what I will say is historically they've continued to employ us, and there's obviously a reason for that. Um, and the reason for that is on balance, they like what they hear and that honest, direct aspects more than they like the bullshit they potentially get from others. Now, I'm glad, from someone that runs organisations that can compete with them, I'm glad they're shitty... SEOs out there, and I'll tell you why. It's very simply <laughs> on the agency side. It would make my job so much harder if everyone gave a brilliant quality service with wonderful with wonderful knowledge. Um, because if everyone was great, it would just become a price war. And I'm I'm expensive, and I'm expensive for a reason. Because I can be. And the reason I can be is there's a lot of crap out there, and other people oh, yeah. get burnt <laughs> using the crap. You know, um, I don't want 
I don't want to be in a position where everybody else is giving the world's best quality service and the price ends up being the differentiator. Because if that's the issue, I might as well go and work in a local supermarket. That's not something I choose to do at the moment. If I've got to, I've got to, though. Um, and I hope it, it doesn't stay that way. But having said that, that's not the game I'm in now. Um, I'm changed. It's it, 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 uh, what the future holds, who knows? But at the moment, I'm focusing on, on Psyche, which is still on my marketing. And I actually believe he's still focused and delivers on the conversion side and also on the search side. But it goes back to what you were saying, Nikhil. Deliver what the visitors want. And overall, actually, you know what? That's probably what the search engine wants long term, you know? Yeah. It's not about chasing the algo. It's about chasing the thoughts behind what the algo is there long term. And if the very basic level, it's in the search engine's interests to make the visitors happy. If the visitor's happy, then therefore the search engine will be happy. So you end up matching what the algo wants anyway. Absolutely. I uh, just, um, I think we, we need a quick break um, for the sponsors. So we, um, I think we're going to take that and then we will be back with uh, another 10 minutes, 15 minutes. How much time do we have left, Bresco? Oh, no break. He said, great. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think to give the listeners better than that, they heard eight minutes of it earlier. You know, oh, okay, that, so. okay. So they <laughs> got nice a lot of sponsor time there. That's fine. That's fine. I did want to jump back a little bit on on um, on, the, on the second part of that uh, um, SEO business session that I went to with um, attracting new employees, and I know that's something that you have been uh, dealing a lot with, even though not so much uh, on 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 getting SEO consultants in your in your firm because that's not what you do now. But, but it's just, hey, how, it's, how, the same, it's the same challenge. It's the same challenge. Yeah, how did you? How did you? How did you? What? 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 What kind of tools and networks and stuff did well, you me, use to, to? Yeah, let me tell you about what I've done over the years. Um, because I've had some of the best, and I've got at the moment some of the best damn team members that you're ever going to find. And most of those guys and girls that I've worked with over the years have not been recruited through normal or traditional means. Now, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, none of these are secrets. It's relatively public. It's out there what I've done. But I have rarely worked with recruitment consultants. I do. And I generally work with recruitment consultants when I need new guys and girls to join a team. But I also go out there and compete with them myself. Because the truth is, I think I can get a higher quality of candidate. And history has proved that that's the case. It's not a cost thing because the recruitment consultants charge money, but they do a job. They need to be rewarded, and my time has a cost to it as well. The issue is about quality, not 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 the, the financial value. So, what are the, some of the things I've done? I don't know if you ever uh, um, uh, heard of a recruitment process that happened during World War Two. During the war over here in the UK, there was uh, 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 the Sunday Telegraph newspaper, and on the back pages of Sunday Telegraph, it had one of the most complex, cryptic crossword puzzles you've ever seen. And there was a, a challenge every week, was anyone who can finish this, please send your completed entry off to the Telegraph editor or, or journalist. And uh, 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 people did that. For any of those that did it under a certain time, their information was passed over to the government because this was a code-breaking style person that they wanted to work with to help beat the Hun and the uh, 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 codes that were going out at the time. It was a skill set that was needed. So I took that idea, and I used to have an office in Poland many years ago, and we plastered the walls of uh, uh, the local universities um, in and around a few cities. 
with just a simple website URL, and it's called hackpoland.com. Now, the site's not live at the moment, but if you were to go to the Internet Archive and look back to the, the mid to late 2000s, you know, a decade or so ago, um, you'll see that, you'll see that, uh, um, uh, you'll see old Pelco, just that's all it was. And if you run, it looks weird. But the truth was, we realised that if someone could break this, they're the kind of person we want. Because you run the code and it did stuff, and you ran it on a web server, it did different stuff. And if they could break the, the hidden message in there, then they're either really, really great programmer, we want that skill, they're sneaky and have worked out the back door we put there and found that. Or if they're even sneakier still, and they knew someone that was clever and asked them to solve it for them, and they shared it. Because that works when it comes to SEO stuff as too. And so we did those sorts of things. It was trying to look in unusual manners. And it's, it became what we'd now call as viral, and it really spread throughout the, the, the Eastern Bloc at the time, uh, and the old Eastern European countries. Um, and the truth is, we got some amazing guys and girls that are working with us. And since then, similar style of strategies have worked well. I specifically went out and looked for a certain style of individual. I found this guy, on, on, on uh, 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 and I work with him now, just, just on a forum somewhere, and I got to know him. And this guy had the skills and tenacity and talent that I needed. And I went to interview him near his house rather than him coming to visit me. And it's all of those sorts of areas that are about going out and being proactive to find the talent that you need. And anyone that says that that's not their job, they're not running a company, they're running something that they need and want to do for the wage. Um, and if you're not prepared to go that extra mile in trying to find the talent to help you in your organisation, then you know what? If I'm competing with you, I'm glad because I beat you nine times out of ten. Mikkel, anything? What do you think? It sounds like a very uh, interesting. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't been using that approach myself. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I think you were when you were away. I've been mostly using my network um, because I have only had need for uh, for local employees in my 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 agency here in Denmark and and. Because I I been so much um, I've been 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 building a really good email list and and blog subscribers and have a few uh, communities that I participate in, so I have a really good platform for speaking out to whoever <laughs> might be a good uh, employee for me. So I I you know I've been fortunate with with having that network myself. So the few times that I've been using recruiters, it actually didn't turn out too well for me because uh, it turned out that their network. In the type of community I want to reach out to, was not as good as my own network. So, um, so I've been very fortunate in that. Um, but I can see on the bigger markets, the UK market or the German or the the US market is so much bigger than that. It's I mean it must be impossible for any single person to reach out to the entire market and and find the right people. Um, so so. Therefore, uh, strategies like what you described, or all using LinkedIn as, as the presenter at SES was was talking much about, uh, might be very good uh, options as well uh, outside of the normal recruiting uh, systems, which of course also you know, can work. I guess. You see, um, I see, I, I see those as normal and standard recruitment stuff. It's the basics that need to be done when we're talking LinkedIn, working throughout your own your own contact lists. When we're speaking about uh, uh, working with recruitment consultants. I believe all of that is the bare minimums. If you want the highest quality of the quality, you need to go out there and find that quality and then convince these people that together you can all of that wider team make the greatness that is possible with with, with you all together. Um, 
that's what I try and do. I don't want to succeed. And not everyone says yes. But I believe that that's what needs to be done to create the, the, the best areas out there. Right, I can see that Brusco's saying we're down to the last final minute. Mikko, is there anything you want to say to wrap up? I think we can cover everything about Panda in the last 67, six, 60 seconds, right? <laughs> well, I think we can. I think Google's <laughs> out there. Right, and they're trying to get rid of what they see as all the crap. They don't care about collateral damage. If you're still dumped and you haven't come back from Panda, you know what you've got to do. You just haven't got round to doing it yet. If you have been doing it, or you think you've been doing it, we're back to what we were speaking about before. You're working with a crap agency who you probably wouldn't pay to get the strategy off of. So move your agency or dump the site and start again. Anything you want to add, Mikko? I think that's 30 seconds left for you. Yeah, I think that the the one thing that is is very different from any other updates we've seen uh, from Google and and that applies to Panda is the fact that now you need to get rid of all the crap on your website. In the old yeah. days, it was just about getting as many pages indexed as possible, throw as much shit on the wall you can, and then some of it will stick. That strategy doesn't work anymore. So if no, you have if you have bad pages on your website or, or very content thin pages on your website, try and get rid of it and 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 focus on the stuff on your website that is good and that you can actually rank, and then. Make sure that the rest of it is de-indexed with robots.txt. Let me, let me just add, and I'll keep this my very final point. If you out of the good stuff that you keep, pull it into a new subdomain or new multiple subdomains and mm -hmm. start working afresh with that subdomain. Define what the good stuff is, though. You need to be really ruthless. Get rid of the crap. Keep the good new subdomain. That's me yep. done, I think. I think we covered Panda there. <laughs> that was probably the, the fastest coverage of Panda ever. <laughs> I'm sorry about the internet connection, but I think we got there in the end. And yes. uh, uh, good show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry for all you who listened, all the two of you, uh, about the technical <laughs> difficulties we, we had. Um, so um, I hope we can do a little better next week. Um, I think we will be live again next week. I'm not going to uh, Iceland before Thursday. I do know that the Monday after next week, I won't be able to do the show because um, I will be traveling around uh, Iceland and flying home and stuff. So um, there will be one break. But um, next Monday, we should be live again. And I hope to see you all again, all two of you. So do you have Good anything day. to the end? No, I've got nothing to add. Okay, so um, have a good week, Jason, and uh, have a good week, all of you. See you next week. Thanks.